Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Full of Joy podcast today. I am your host, Francesca, and I am here with an amazing episode. And I do not say this lightly. I talked with today's guest, Jan Hoth, a few months ago, and I'm so thrilled to finally have this episode out. Literally, the day after, or I think like the moment after we filmed this episode, I came on Instagram Live and I was like, oh my gosh, like my mind has just been blown (laughs) after talking with Jan and I just couldn't wait to share some of the points that I took from her. I often go back to my notes that I took from her because they were so insightful, so helpful, so joyful Um, and I just felt such a strong connection to her. So I know that the people here listening that also connect with the joy that I often, you know, intend to share, I know that you are going to connect to this episode so much. So I invite you to be open to this episode and be open to anything that it could reveal to you. Um, And I just hope that you connect to it so much because she really goes there and she is just such an inspiration. So I'm so excited to share this episode with you today. Today is a super exciting episode on the podcast as I am chatting with another joy advocate, Jan Hoth, who is a joy mentor dedicated to helping you know who you are meant to be, honor what matters most to you, and fulfill all of your big visions. Jan shares how to build a no regrets life through her happiness prism. And I absolutely loved chatting with Jan about joy. I asked her a ton of questions and I know you guys are going to love this episode. So let's get into it. So let's jump into this. So I want to hear your whole story. Like I want to hear so much from you, but I want to start with your story. I think, so I have a series on this podcast where I get to talk to women entrepreneurs um, about how they got started. So I really respect your coaching, um, business because I also want to get into coaching and talking about mindset and joy. And um, I think you are a great example of what I want to be doing. And I know so many people listening as well. So tell us your story. How did you get started? What did that, um, you know, journey look like for you and your transformations? Like, tell us, tell us all of it. Well, there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle. Um, And yet, you know, since you asked like how I got started with my business, I'll dive in with that story. But, you know, my story really starts before that. But essentially, um, I am very blessed to be married to an Australian and love my husband dearly. And it was um, back in 2007. Um, We were already married and his parents had come to visit. And it was so exciting because my parents and his parents got along. I just felt really blessed to have awesome in-laws. And we had had this gorgeous um, uh, family holiday was Thanksgiving time. And it was the day after Thanksgiving. And um, my in-laws wanted to go for a bike ride. And at the time we were all in the Florida Keys and uh, it was a busy holiday weekend. And then they went, for the bike ride, but I felt a pull inside. I really wished I could have gone with them, but that we only had two bikes to loan them. And this is, so this is where my parents live. And about an hour later, we got a devastating call that my mother-in-law had looked the wrong way when she was crossing the street. And she was tragically struck and killed on the spot. It was one week into her retirement 
And she and my father-in-law and I and my, my parents and my husband, we were all going to go on this beautiful journey and all these things. And it was like, our whole world came crashing down in an instant. And you know, I, I know everybody listening has had their own version of tragedy, but this was that moment for me where I went, oh my gosh, what am I doing with my life that I'm not making the most of it? Like I had known at that point that I already had this gift to coach, that I had this desire to serve people in a greater way. Up until then, I was a professional ski instructor. I turned down corporate to go ski instruct, which I loved being with people on the slopes, on the chairlifts. And then I got into real estate, but then I got this bigger calling inside of like, wow, what if I actually served people in their whole life? You know, not just one area. And here, my mother-in-law, who's this beautiful soul and had a gift herself of bringing out the best in people. And even in the short time she was visiting us, um, she had already touched so many lives, even in the community in, in the Florida Keys where we were, that it was so devastating to see her go and to feel the heartache for all of us and the heartache for my father-in-law, you know, all the plans that didn't get to happen. And so it was right then and there that I made the decision, I need to start my business. So I officially started my business right after that event. And it was also then when I started to make the commitment, like, we don't know when that time is up, you know, and we don't know what, you know, what that gets to look like. But what we do know is we can live in the now, we can make the most of our lives. And, and that's where I made the commitment of, teaching, coaching, guiding others and demonstrating for others how to live your no regrets life and to honor whatever joy means to you because joy for me is an acronym to just own you. And to understand that like joy sometimes is bouncing off the wall, happy, I have kids and I, especially my nine-year-old, he's big energy. But you know what? Joy can also be a very quiet, content, moment, even amidst the tears. I mean, I've even found joy, even amidst our grieving that day and, you know, the weeks and months ahead. But it, that was the turning point of like, it is time to open this business. It is time to be of service in the world, whatever that looks like. And then of course, I mean, I've had so many different iterations of my business since then, but it was then that I made that commitment to myself and really the world that I was going to bring what I could bring, being me and inviting others up to be themselves in their full joy. Beautiful story. I'm so sorry for your loss, but I think it's just like such a good example of human nature of how resilient we can be and how we can take um, any situation or circumstance and work with it. Um, I wanna talk more about how you knew like innately that you had a gift for coaching and guiding people like when you were a little girl like were you naturally kind of like the bossy one or like kind of tell me about how, like, how did you get in tune with those natural gifts that you have I, I love that well here's the funny thing about my um, upbringing yes I was always happy smiley passionate outgoing and I was always the new girl I moved every six months to four years and it was fascinating because 
I, I got to experience people and culture within our country. And then I was also an exchange student. I got to experience different places and different spaces and different energies. And I didn't realize that early on I was cultivating an understanding of how to relate to people. And what I always found that wherever I went, I was always curious and excited to understand people, how they thought, how they, how they felt, how they experienced the world. So I always knew I was passionate about people. And that was what was interesting, you know, when I first, my first professional career being a ski instructor, that passion was through skiing. I, I always believed that I was there to pass the passion of skiing, but I was more excited talking to the people, experiencing their joy on the slopes, experiencing what else was going on with them on the chairlifts. So yet from the get-go, I mean, I, I have memories and I'm having a flashback now of just being this little girl. I had little ringlets and, and just walked around with this, like love for life and love for people. And the fascinating thing was though, it wasn't always roses and rainbows. It wasn't always unicorns and, you know, pink <laughs> puree. It was, you know, there were times where it was like, you know, I've definitely got challenged and even was made fun of for my smile, which caused me to have to go deeper in understanding that, you know, joy is an inside job. And yet not everybody knows how to tap into that. And that's also where I knew I had something to share with others. That again, you know, joy is about owning you and your essence of what that joy expression is. And yet um, just being available to being, you know, even something else, something more. Because I think that's one thing that also inspires me around joy is it, it, I find for myself and, and maybe you can agree, but you know, I find joy calls people up and out into spaces that you wouldn't necessarily go, but you're just drawn to it. And I mean, that's where I, I really believe joy and um, I believe in the joy led life, but I believe joy led me through being the new girl every single time because it was like, okay, I'm in a new space, show up, be here, let's do this. <laughs> and it's not always easy, not always comfortable, but I was always passionate about it and understanding that, you know, we're all human beings mm -hmm. and we're all trying to figure this out, mm -hmm. but we're also all unique. And that's where like that spark for life and rainbows and unicorns, yes, but that spark for, you know, getting to see the spark in others, like even just connecting with you today and just, you know, mirroring that, that affinity for joy mm -hmm. and joy being like what I believe is a true divine gift that's ours to receive. Mm -hmm. And again, not everybody understands how to receive it or realizes that we can just go claim it. Yeah. But yeah. Yes. Okay. Great points. I can tell that you have such a servant's heart and you're so wise. So like you were talking about, it's really important to be open and available to claiming that joy. Um, so with your joy method, can you kind of take us through that? Because I feel like it's okay. So there's so much back and forth with information online because so there's a lot of talk lately, like I'm in the coaching space online and like a lot of people I follow are also coaches and they talk a lot about like, it's okay to be selfish because you have to have that self-discovery and that self-growth 
selfish in a way where you take the time to invest in yourself. Um, but then also when I think of joy, like I'm like, okay, well, I want to be a servant. I have to serve with this joy too. So, and then with the year that it's been, <laughs> like it's just, it feels like, you know, I almost don't want to go that deep because I'm scared of what's going on in my head, or I'm scared of what I could open myself up. Like, am I going to open Pandora's box when I open myself up to joy? You know what I mean? So kind of take me through your joy method or your happiness prism and how that gives you the tools to open that box up safely. Um, and with the intention of just bringing joy out. Oh, I, you know, and there's, there's a few things I want to speak to before we even get to the happiness prism, but I'm so excited to share about the happiness prism because it has, yeah, it's been the way of life for me um, for decades now. Um, but uh, His Holiness, the Dalai Lama, speaks to two types of selfishness. He actually defines it as wise selfish and foolish selfish. And foolish is the kind where it's just about you and it's, you know, not, it's, it's very like self-serving and nothing else. And then the wise selfishness is understanding of taking ownership of your own joy because we both know when you're radiating joy, you're radiating a high vibrational frequency that has an impact that goes, well, they've measured it. It goes about 30 feet in a physical realm, but obviously virtually and, you know, in this capacity, it goes around the world. And so that wise joy is what we're talking about and or that wise selfishness is what we're talking about because it's the life giving and understanding that when we take care of ourselves then we have something to give from the overflow and then that's therein lies the um the spiral effect the upward spiral effect but it also it's a cyclical effect I call it the ricochet of joy, the ricochet of happiness, because when we exude that happiness and that joy and we overflow on others, we take joy in seeing them yeah. in their greatness, right? And then it fills us back up and it's this ricochet upward spiral effect. Um, but that's, you know, I just so love that you you pointed that out, but it's, it's I, I also love, because it was only just recently that I realized the Dalai Lama distinction of wise selfishness versus foolish selfishness because I've been teaching to that yeah. um, but to have that clear distinction is super cool yeah. um, but my happiness prism process is essentially like the idea of a pyramid prism and it is uh, um, obviously in 3d it's a pyramid prism but then in 2d it's a flat form so it's a triangle and there's three elements to the prism, which each side of the prism came to me at a pinnacle moment of my life. You know, if you've heard about my mother-in-law and that's when I actually connected with the base of the prism, which is progress. But actually the upper two sides of the prism are play and peace. And the way I came about play was actually when I was a teenager, I had severe depression. I was a swimmer. I did dislocated shoulder, reconstructive surgery. And the doctor said, you can't swim anymore. And my whole identity at that time was completely wrapped up in being swimmer. I am swimmer. And when they told me I couldn't be swimmer, I fell into a deep depression and was really questioning this world. Um, and yet I had a, a favorite, um, and it was a substitute German teacher at the time. But she said, hey, Jan, 
I could just get the sense I should show you about this opportunity. And it was an opportunity to be an exchange student in Germany. And would you believe a light went off and I poured myself into the application and long story short, you know, being in that possibility of a most playful future is what pulled me up and out of my depression. And then of course I did get the scholarship and at the time I was on medication, the happy pills, which I hated. And I was like, my parents are like, they're not gonna let you go be an exchange student as a teenager. And this was before internet, you know? So it was like, talk about isolation from my family, what I knew. And yet it was like, okay, fine. I'm done with the pills. I'm done with needing therapy. Like I'm done. And I've never looked back on depression, but that's where I found the power of play and the energy of play. And this is, you know, an example on a large scale. And yet I reapply and reawaken the energy of play in my day, every day. And that's part of what I teach in my programs and in my methodology is about play being joy in motion. Mm -hmm. And what that gets to look like is unique onto each individual. You know, I have whole, whole programs that I teach around this and I, you know, I'm so excited to be doing um, retreats, hooray for more in person. Um, but yes, I actually partner with Jackson Hole Mountain Resorts and I do a mindful ski camp in which we get to embody the joy of skiing. <laughs> but that's just one little piece. Um, but play being one of the energies and then peace came to me um, at a very, very challenging time when at the time I had a beautiful six week old baby boy, two year old daughter, and we had a cancer scare with my six week, six week old. And that was when I, like, it was, you know, it started a beautiful day. And then eight hours later, I'm in the hospital room, the cancer ring, they think it's a life-threatening condition. And I'm going, what? And we lived two hours from the children's hospital and I was there, you know, breastfeeding mom with my son. And then my husband took my other child home. And I, that was the first time where I sat down and through my tears, I went, this is beyond me. Up until then it was life coaching for me as a mm -hmm. business and an expression. But in that moment, I looked up and I asked for help because I was like, this is way beyond me. I can't think my way through this. I can't think mm -hmm. my way out of this, but you know what? I'm adamant. That's not the way his story ends. That's not the way my story ends as his mother. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time I asked for help from the powers that be. That's the first time I really prayed. And that's when my coaching turned into spiritual life coaching and realized that this is a much bigger conversation that I guess I help lead in this world but also realizing that there's, there's just so much more than we all realize. Uh, and yet in that very moment, asking for help, that's when I connected with peace and was like, okay, you know, I can play all the time. I can go into progress, but you know what? Peace was the missing link to the process. And I realized that between play, peace and progress, actually in the hospital experience with my son, that night I did, um, you know, I went to bed, like I didn't get any profound answers in the moment, but obviously I'd put it up there and out there. And what peace is, is prayer in motion. And like, this is non-religious, this is spiritual. This is tapping into that larger part, like I was saying. 
But the next morning as breastfeeding mom, I could order off the menu. And through my tears, my devastation, thinking, what am I going to do? I saw that I could order Fruit Loops. And the first voice comes in and goes, oh, no, you need nourishment for you and for your son. He's fighting for his life, all these things. And then this other voice came in. And I believe it was that larger part of me. It was, oh, it doesn't matter your nourishment for your body. This is nourishment for your soul. Mm -hmm. You're going to order those Fruit Loops. You're going to enjoy them. And you're going to be in a state of joy. And that was actually how I played, if you will, in the hospital. Well, after that, I had moved into a space of um, high vibration because you and I both know joy is a level of consciousness, one below that of enlightenment. It puts us in a state of being that we're more available to everything. It put me above all the heavy emotions, not that I didn't still give space to them and need to, but mm -hmm. it put me in a state that I could advocate for my son, answer the tough questions that the doctors are asking me because I have to give consent to all these surgeries and tests that they want to take. Um, and even like a blood transfusion, like that was so hard for me to make that decision. But the joy put me in a state of uh, leadership so that I could progress into serving my son. And we ultimately got out after 12 days of this excruciating experience. And yet I owned my play. I owned my peace. I owned my progress. I owned my happiness prism so that after those 12 days, he was actually deemed a medical mystery and a medical miracle. Even the doctors were saying that. And they said, look, we'll, we'll monitor him for the next 18 years. We'll make sure he, he recovers all these things. I mean, it was something inside of his bone. And well, at his one year birthday, I'm in there. They're showing the films because it was something to do with, again, his bones, x-rays, and even the orthopedic, like top orthopedic surgeon was looking at the films with his own iPhone out taking pictures because he said this this child truly is a miracle it's as if nothing happened his body completely regrew itself replenished renewed and I don't need to see you ever again and it was like through joy really that we had a medical miracle and it's like that process though we don't have to wait mm -hmm. until the crisis we can mm -hmm. actually set ourselves up in a state of joy every day so that when the crisis comes, we're ready, but so that we're actually functioning as our best selves every single day. And that's what I do in my programs. And that's what I teach in my you know, retreats is it's about really serving my clients, my audience to understand that, you know, that's all within you. And I, I believe the guru is in you, you know, I, the guru is in all of us. But how do we tap into that? We're, we're not given these tools at birth and we love our parents so much, but they're not necessarily the ones to gift us these types of tools. And so that's where the happiness prism is a framework. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a, a lens through which to view and tap into that better part of you, but it also provides a space and a lens through which to view the funk, to view the challenges, because it helps hold you in a higher place so that you don't get pulled down and dragged down by the heaviness of what you're dealing with. I mean, mm -hmm. I still deal with challenges for sure. I mean, I have other stories I can share, but 
It's how we relate to what's happening. And that's what I found with my happiness prism. I'm empowered and I've empowered my clients with the happiness prism to relate to their experiences. I just caught up with actually a client from over five years ago. She's a school principal and I taught her the happiness prism. She has it up in her office. She takes her leadership team through it because she said, Jan, I, I mean, just caught up with her the other day and she's like, I'm still blown away at how effective yet simple the happiness prism is mm -hmm. to be able to have me lead the numerous people that she leads, students, faculty, um, school district, but realizing we, we have, you know, it doesn't take much, but it does take a conscious choice mm -hmm. every single day to mm -hmm. claim that level of consciousness, that level of being, and that really that level of outcome, because we're all equipped with the same human beingness, the human animal in us of subconscious thoughts, ways of being. And then, you know, there's the larger um, aspect of each one of us that, you know, we are all connected. You know, we have our biological um, connections. And so there are times that it does feel like we're fighting against ourselves. Mm -hmm. That's really true because we're inviting our genetics. We're inviting ourselves, the very fiber of who we are to transform, but it's possible. I've seen it. I've lived it. And I know you're living it too. I have so many questions. <laughs> so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that story. And it's funny because I relate to it so much. Um, I myself had my own cancer diagnosis in 2015 or 2016 um, and went through the whole thing and ended up being my own medical miracle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. Isn't that wild? Wild. So with all that, trauma, I've now been experiencing PTSD. And throughout this year, I've been in therapy and healing from that PTSD. Um, so it's interesting how a couple things, how when you were sitting in the hospital, you were thinking like, I can't think myself out of this. And that's kind of where I'm at right now is I'm really focused on my thoughts and my thought patterns and what those thoughts, um, what feelings those thoughts create and then what actions and all that. Um, so it is, um, so it's relieving to hear that it's not all in your thoughts. It's in the spiritual realm that you can tap into. Um, also going along with that, you talked about how, um, I want to talk about the happiness versus joy because I've been learning a lot how to deal with negative emotions or I don't even want to call them negative, but how to deal with those hard emotions. Um, and sometimes it can feel like, like I want to have joy all the time, but I know that joy, or I, I felt like joy is not constant. So tell me if I'm wrong. <laughs> um, oh, I have dogs too. <laughs> yeah, oh, hi, honey. So yeah, t tell me about that. How do I, or how, what do you teach in is it separating the joy from those negative emotions or finding the joy in those negative, like, take me through that. 
Absolutely. Well, and I love that you're calling this up and out because I think this is also the important distinction to put out there because it's, you know, it's not just something nice to have. It's not just something to be achieved. And, you know, even in my own experience of being online, like I've had to be very mindful to make sure people don't just see the happy side of me because there's obviously so much more to me and where I've been and what I've come through. And obviously you too, that it's like, it's not all rainbows, unicorns and sunshine. I absolutely acknowledge that. And in fact, what I teach to is, and I call it the not joy that the not joy, you know, just all encompassing term for the heavy emotions, the challenging emotions, the emotions that like take you out of your game, if you will. Mm -hmm. But it's the not joy that we honor and we appreciate as the contrast to what I say is your true joy light. And I'm, I'm going to venture and be bold enough to say that your cancer experience, like revitalized your life, didn't it? It like recommitted to your, you recommitted to your experience of life. Like when I lost my mother-in-law, I mean, every scenario that I shared in my own circumstances and my own journey, each one of them like was a recommitment to the larger part of me, the joy part, because I do believe at our core, each one of us is a beautiful soul, a joyful soul. And yet, you know, we have these human experiences and we have human thoughts that can hide that larger part of us. Mm -hmm. And I actually, um, it's part of what I do train around, but I talk about the three arenas of life and the three arenas of the way we function in life. And the, the first arena is the arena of head thought, you know, I think the arena of heart which is I feel, and the and then the arena of soul, which is I capital K no. And to move from each arena, it's it's a different level of consciousness, if you will. But what I have found in my experience and working with my clients is to move from head to heart arena, something happened. Mm-hmm. And then to move from heart arena to soul arena, something happens. Now we require all of them and yet it's having all three arenas that provide you with that multi-dimensional life experience in which you can understand at a soul level, like feeling sadness now or anger or frustration is the exact appropriate emotion to be feeling. And then we can manage our thoughts around that and be like, wow, yeah, that's, that's the right thing to be feeling right now. And it's okay. It doesn't mean that I'm not that joyful person with high hopes and intent. But what it does is it when when we can allow ourselves to move into the space, and, and I've found with my happiness prism, you you get to remain in the soul arena more. Mm-hmm. And yet we're still human, right? Like <laughs> we can't always function in that high level consciousness vibration. In fact, we wouldn't want to. Because it's that contrast that renews the awareness. And also I call it expands the awareness. Like I have this other concept I teach around called the deep end of joy. And understanding that the more, you know, in that, that not joy that you ventured into, and we all still do it. Like I have moments, I I talk about touching bottom, (laughs) you know, but that's when you check that the basin is deep enough for you to go on the high dive of joy. 
because you wouldn't want to dive off a high dive of joy into a shallow basin. And that, you know, hence where we have that term that people are shallow or you have the experience of being shallow yourself. Mm -hmm. It's, it's when we've cut ourselves off from being available to the depths because those not joy emotions add richness. Mm -hmm. It's like adding spice and flavor and herbs to a dish that makes it from, you know, an everyday meal to a culinary creation. And I'm, I'm confident about you. I, and I obviously myself that I'm here to live the full expanses of life and, you know, understanding that my happiness prism is a simple triangle pyramid, but the truth is, is it's multidimensional who we are, who we get to be, what we get to experience in life. And when we allow ourselves to actually be available to the full buffet, if you will, of emotions, we're actually more available to a deeper sense of profound joy in our lives. And so that's where I celebrate and honor the not joy. And actually the more we give space to it, the beauty of it is, is and this is also um, spiritual psychology that they've proven, there's a finite to those emotions because our souls are naturally wanting to float and soar, if you will. And when we give space to let that process, let that out responsibly, obviously, then we actually bounce back quicker to that true joy self that you are here to be and everyone is here to be, you know, our listeners, we are all here with this divine gift of joy. And again, it's just a matter of understanding to give space to the not joy in order to, to really bounce back and even bounce forward into your true joy. Mm-hmm. And yet you asked about the distinction between happiness and joy. And I do think that's also important here because the interesting thing is the happiness prism concept came to me when I was really still in that space of happiness. And to me, when I was standing in that, I realized I was actually speaking to joy, but happiness, joy, I, I wholeheartedly believe it's all what we put to it meaning wise. And yet I understand fundamentally that the collective sees happiness as something outside of us, Mm -hmm. something nice to have. Oh, that's nice for that person. I'll get there someday, which of course we all know when you put it out there, you'll never get there. Whereas what I've come to appreciate about joy and know for myself is that joy is that depth of even a smile, a fruit loop moment, as I call them, amidst a devastating time of our lives. Mm-hmm. That joy can be in that space, but happiness can't necessarily live in that same space. And that's mm-hmm. where, for me, there is a distinction now that I understand mm-hmm. more deeply. Yes, that's a great way to put that. I, I also get... Um, this kind of misconception that I'm always happy or like people are always asking me, how do you stay so positive? And I'm like, I hope that that's never the message that I convey because that's so not human life. Um, So you talk about learning more about who you really are. So obviously you have so many programs and you have so many tools and um, so much wisdom to share on that. 
but are there ways um, like today that I could kind of dive into that? Like something that I do is like journaling and breath work. Um, are those, those those tools that you use to kind of get in touch with yourself or what, what are you using? What do you teach on how to get to know your true self? Absolutely. And yes, right. Like this is, you know, a mini a mini opportunity to, to just scratch the surface though in all reality. Like my programs are a hundred days and I do a year long journey. Um, but to really just start today and what I encourage everyone to do is start now, right? Like no time is now. That's where I even, I talk about the concept of mindful joy, mindful being present moment awareness. Like where are you at right now? Mm-hmm. And so I love that you asked this because yes, I teach journaling. I teach meditation. I do guided meditation into fairylands and all sorts of fun places. My clients love where I take them on these journeys into their inner world and into other realms. But um, starting today, my invitation is for everyone listening to look for a Fruit Loop moment. Look for a little spark of like, oh, I can't really do that. (laughs) That's the play piece. But it's so fascinating because, you know, we get these little hints of, you know, maybe you're driving home and and normally you turn right, but for some reason you're called to turn left, you know, and, and turning left will drive you by that favorite smoothie shop. And it's like, I wasn't planning on doing that today, but let's go have that smoothie. Or, you know, you get home and normally you jump right into making dinner or something. And the kids are like, let's go bounce on the trampoline. You're like, you know what? That's what there is to do. (laughs) Like, so my first invitation is to just look for a little moment of that, that fruit loop moment, as I call them, to spark the joy, because that already moves the vibrational frequency, the consciousness up into joy. And then the second thing that I would invite is the breath work. Um, Peace, as I teach it, can be, you know, simple breath work. Um, It can also be a walk in nature. It can be a float in, you know, the bathtub with sea salts. It can be journaling. But just taking a quiet moment to just breathe. I mean, especially some of the the women I've worked with are young moms and I'm like, just put the tea kettle on and until it peeps, you sit in the kitchen, let the kids run circles around you and you just breathe. (laughs) So it can be be just as simple as that. Um, And then, then and only then, tune in and ask the question, what's that one step in progress, one action in progress, which by the way is purpose in motion, What's one action I can take in progress that will move things forward for me today? And realizing, you know, it may or may not be the professional expression. It might be like, pay that bill or call that person, you know, call back your mom that you haven't talked to in a while. But that's a a mini trip around the happiness prism that will already start to align you to a deeper understanding of you because I would be willing to bet Each one of those activities may not have been A, what you were planning to do today, or B, the way you approach each of those will be from a different space. And that's how um, anyone listening can already start to feel and, and know something different about themselves. Because like even with the Fruit Loops, for example, it was so surprising to me and why it's like the story I share everywhere now, because it was like, it was so surprising, but it was so appropriate. 
And that's part of me understanding more of me, but, you know, for you and everyone, like to understand more of you, it's, it's a discovery because again, no one is, there's no one else to be me. There's no one else to be you. And there's no one else to be everyone listening with the same experiences, the same desires in the same way and, and to have the same life trajectory. And so it is a journey of discovery, but it starts with every breath, every day and every moment making a micro commitment of what if and whatever that is for you what if i can have a little bit more joy today what if i can have a little bit more magic today what if i can have that miracle moment that i'm calling in because mm-hmm. you know whatever's happening in my life but it starts with incremental building self trust and faith mm-hmm of asking these questions and tuning into the energies of the happiness prism that I found that you do start to get to know yourself better and start to understand what has you tick and then start to understand, oh, that thing I was doing or that commitment I had, that's no longer aligned to me. Mm -hmm. And you get to wake up to the realization too of, where am I complete with a certain way of being or a certain way of functioning in my life? Because I'm willing to gander that after you came back from cancer, there are some things that you're like, I am done with that. Maybe even with so much love, certain circles that you stopped running in or certain activities you let go of because you're like, you know what? That's just no longer aligned to me. And I'm totally going to claim this life from a different place because I, who I am and who I get to be now is different. But that's where, you know, the invitation is mindful joy because it's mindfulness gets us into where are we at right now? And then the joy piece is looking at, well, where am I headed? And that's where the guidance system starts to come into place. And that's where Joy isn't just a destination. It's actually the vehicle and the destination. Whoa. I love how you explain that. Joy's the vehicle. Um, I want to talk about how you were talking about um, micro, how that can be micro commitment every day because working with a lot of women and a lot of women in my online community and of course in real life um, and myself, I want to do it all. And um I think um, in your bio, it said that women tend to drastically underestimate their own potential. And I feel that I know that to be so true. So I want to ask your opinion about women and the play part, because I, the first thing I thought of, which I I hate that I thought it, but the first thing I thought of when you were talking about play is I don't have time. Um, Mm -hmm. I know that's That's a I need to work on, but yeah. Can you talk about like how I allow myself to switch my thoughts around that and allow that play time. Um, I think there's a lot of work that I needs to, needs to be uncovered there, <laughs> but take me kind of through, I'm sure that's a common pain point that you get. It's, it's a very common, um, very common that, you know, we've forgotten how to play. We were told to stop playing. We were told to get our work done first. You know, at some point we started adulting and we forgot you know, and until we're invited or kind of forced, you know, because we have little people in our lives. Um, but even then, you know, that's about them. It's not about you. Um, 
So I love that you asked this because, uh, you know, when I teach play, I really teach that it's, it's a wide variety. You know, it can be, like I was saying, high energy, high um, playful, like we have a family trampoline, right? So that's high energy movement, jumping, you know, but play can also be a gorgeous cup of coffee. It can be just taking a moment for you in a way that it truly is for the sake of joy and nothing else, like no agenda. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the things that I teach and I speak to in my programs is that joy is a revenue generating activity. That when you get yourself into a joyful state, I will share with you, my clients love this. And my professional colleagues who are business coaches love me sharing the stories. But like, I closed a high level private client on the ski slopes in ski clothes on FaceTime, the mountain in the background. Okay. (laughs) This is a multiple five figure program that I lead women through on a very personal journey. It's called joy. The one, a journey of transcendence from who you think you are to knowing who you really are as the one unique you in your joy. And this woman, um, you know, it just, it aligned. I honored where I was at, which was out on a ski um, day with my family. It was um, Christmas Eve and we had a connect call. And I just said to my family, I'm just going to step away. And I was in my joy. Right. And I was in service and she said, yes. And she's mid program by the way, and flourishing beyond all belief. But I share this for you to understand that you being in your joy state in your highest is absolutely worth your time because that could be your next high client that look, I'm serving her in a high level in a high manner and I'm creating and generating an impact and value in the world because of that joy. So if that doesn't override your question of, I don't have time, what if that's the exact thing you're meant to be doing, mm-hmm. be of greater service of the, in the world and actually connecting to your ideal audience, client, but being in your highest and best self. Like I did not have an agenda that day mm-hmm. to necessarily close a client on the slopes in my ski clothes with my family. Nope. I mean, that's what unfolded. I have numerous of other stories where I'm out on a walk with my dog, run into a neighbor and have a gorgeous conversation. And the next thing you know, she wants to join one of my programs. Again, multiple six figures. Mm -hmm. So joy is a revenue generating activity. It's worth your time. And it doesn't have to take long. I can have a two minute bounce on the trampoline with my kids in the morning before they head off to their activities. And that puts me in a state of joy. Mm-hmm. I can make a gorgeous latte. I don't know if you're a latte person, but we have a fancy coffee machine downstairs. My husband and I love a good latte. And uh, just sipping a wonderful latte and just enjoying it, like being so present to it that you're like, you know, smelling it, like taking in all the sensory. You can tap into joy. You can tap into play that way. And then that will also set you off in an energy of greater service, of greater support, but then you're also in a higher level uh, energetic state 
And that's where I call it like collapsing time. You get to bend time or collapse it if you need to, but you get to bend time because when you're into that greater joy state, and that's what's so wonderful about all of these positive psychologists in the world, like Sean Aker, um, you know, the happiness advantage, the research that they've done, you're more effective and efficient when you are in your joy. Mm -hmm. And play gets you there. Peace helps you ground in and connect with like, well, what is that one thing I can do? But play gets you in the state of availability to be able to hear that deeper truth. Mm. So it's 100% worth everyone's time just to take a little bit of time for play. I mean, some of the things that I teach my women, I'm like, just put on a favorite song. Have a dance in your kitchen (laughs) and allow yourself to tune in that way. But again, you know, it's noticing where your energy is at. And it may be something, you know, more quiet play. So, yeah. Yes, that was so helpful. I think what's coming up for me is I can tell that I still have this sense of like guilt like I'm not worthy of um my coffee because maybe it doesn't have the best ingredients and then I should be feeding my body better and then I shouldn't be taking that 20 minute break because I need to be like working like I got my work cut out for me (laughs) but so you talk about living like a no regrets life through your joy method I, I guess I don't know what I'm trying to ask here but I feel like if I feel that way and I'm someone who intentionally works on joy and my mindset and, you know, self-discovery and self-healing, I can only imagine the amount of guilt and regret or shame or um, just, just anything um, that other people are feeling. Mm -hmm. So how is it possible to live that no regrets life? I know you have the tool. I, I, I'm here. I'm with you, but <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's no. hard to see that. It's hard, it's hard to accept that. I, and I think that you're speaking to, yeah, a, a, a big, it's a bit of a bridge. I can see that between what I'm talking about, what I'm living. And then like for people who haven't been a practitioner of this way of being for decades, like I have, mm-hmm. it started early on for me that I, I chose joy, but I will be honest and transparent here. What I call the joy-led life, which is the way I'm, I'm leading and living, it does take courage, but it also takes heart. And that's where it's an invitation to actually move from the thought process because that guilt is a thought, right? right? But that's where you move into your heart and go, but you know what? That does feel like the most delightful thing that I can do for myself. And then that is where we have the struggle between the head and the heart, right? Where the head's going, no, you know, we're conditioned to think this way, be this way, function this way. Like I should have gone to the corporate job after college, right? This great, beautiful corporate job lined up for me in Germany using my language skills. And then I go to the instructor in Aspen. Like what? (laughs) What? But you know what, that year as a ski instructor, I broke my collarbone. I wanted more snow. 
I was bummed. Australian colleague says, hey, Jan, come to Australia. Come ski instruct with us down under. And I meet my husband on the first day of ski school. If I had gone to Germany and started that consulting corporate job, I don't know if our lives would have crossed. Yeah. Our paths, right? And so the invitation for anyone listening, because I do get it. It, like even there's times where I'm like pausing and going, wait, is this a head, a heart or a soul answer here? And that's where it's important to tune into all of it and not make yourself wrong because I, you don't get there instantly. It is an incremental muscle um, that you build. It's an incremental mind shift that you create. And it takes time to build those new neurological pathways. Mm-hmm. Rick Hansen um, talks about, um, I forget, it's, it's, it's a brain book, but he talks about um, that we really do and we really can train our brain to look for the good, but it is a trained process. Mm-hmm. So my invitation for everyone is to understand like you, whatever you're feeling, the not joy, whether it's guilt, shame, or thinking I can't have that. The invitation is to just shift a little bit is what if maybe it can feel just a little bit better than it was yesterday? Because any, you know, athlete will tell you, you don't go from zero to hero overnight. Mm-hmm. And top athletes will tell you too, you don't stay in peak performance either if you just arrive there. This is a spiritual muscle that needs a workout every day. And so the invitation is first, well, loving encouragement. Don't give up. Please lean in. Obviously, if you're listening to a podcast called Full of Joy, there's something that means to you. And also to remember you're still human. We all are. I still feel. Look, I feel I had tears just the other day. I had a freak out just the other day. And it was like, whoa, I'm feeling the world of it. And, and, you know, had a moment where I kind of forgot myself and then I was like oh yeah right right I get my bearings (laughs) I can do this and so the encouragement here is it does take time it's not an overnight and you wouldn't want it to be because that's the same you know ineffectiveness of it for example of like crash dieting it's not effective so you want to have incremental transformation and yet well I will promise is one day you will wake up and go I'm in my dream house I'm in my dream relationship I'm in my dream job like it will happen that at one point you're like how did this happen and then of course everyone else is like she's an overnight success and then you're like oh my (laughs) gosh if they just knew But then that's also, this is another concept I teach, but it's called the Mona Lisa smile. And that's where I'm like, you just smile in your heart and you stand there, shoulders back, head hell high, knockers up ladies. And you go, I got this. And I did do that. And there's so much more that I can do. And I'm on my way. And no one can take that from you. No one can take that from you. And that's where the invitation is to claim it. Ladies, start where you're at, look for the Fruit Loop moment, and then see 
what else comes next? Because I tell you what to the universe, God, spirit, whatever you want to call it, your higher self leaves clues and breadcrumbs does not leave a, you know, vibrant Las Vegas path saying, this is the way. No, it's usually be a whisper <laughs> that you have to be available to. And then you follow your yellow brick road and enjoy the process as you go. Because again, joy is the vehicle and the destination. Oh, just taking it all in. <laughs> I love how you really, um, you know, focus on the three head, heart, and soul working as a team. And like each one is important to move to the next. That's such a beautiful, um, such a beautiful way to explain that. Um, and I think so many people listening are going to want to accept your invitation and are going to want to work with you. So where can we find you? What's next for um, the happiness method? Give us all the information. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you. And I would be absolutely honored to speak to anyone who this, you know, resonates with because I just, you know, I believe like we're all souls, like kind of walking each other home, but we're also all souls really inviting each other up and out. And when you find that mentor, that guide that you resonate with, lean in. <laughs> um, so I would be honored to connect with anyone that feels that resonance with me. Um, but probably the easiest way to connect is um, I do have my own private Facebook group called um, Mindful Joy for Big Vision Leaders. Women are welcome to come and check out some of my work in there. I have um, um, live trainings, Jan's Joy Jam. I have live meditations that I host inside of there. Um, that would be one way to connect. Um, they would absolutely be welcome to um, direct message me on Instagram or Facebook. Um, or I also at janhoth.com, that's J-A-N-H-O-A-T-H.com. Um, that is um, my website where there's other ways to um, connect with me, including um, meeting for a joy jumpstart, which would be a, a complimentary 30 minute chat um, to really assist in what um, these beautiful souls may need to instigate that first step like we were talking about today. So, um, but I would be honored and, you know, I'm just so honored to be here and I just really want to thank you for providing this space for these types of conversation. You know, because it isn't just a nice to have, it isn't just a, um, you know, good for her kind of thing. Like this is available to all of us. So I just so appreciate that you are leading this conversation full of joy, which of course is like so my jam too. So thank you so much for letting me come and share my love on you and your audience. And I just, I feel honored to be here. Absolutely. Come back anytime, please. Thank you so much, Jan, for sharing everything. Just what an honor and what a pleasure it was to get to speak with you and share, share our story. So thank you. Oh, thank you. And just keep shining bright in your joy. And I would love to come back and play. So.